Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today... I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun and see you later. Hello listener, it's Helen here and I'm going to tell you about a new show on the RQ network called The Town Whispers. This folk horror podcast excels in atmospheric, dark storytelling as it explores the hidden tales of a foggy town called The Fort. As the story goes on, it begins to uncover the sinister workings of a mysterious group of entities called The Long Shadows, who seem to hold sway over the town. Tune in each week to find out what becomes of the people living in The Fort and the terrifying plans that have been in motion since the first town boundaries were drawn. If you're a fan of horror movies like Midsummer and the Witch, you should search for The Town Whispers wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or visit www.rustyquill.com for more information. Happy listening. Was it you wouldn't download a car? I wouldn't download a car. That's what was going through my head. (laughs) Right, right, right. My head immediately was... Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolute banger. Rusty Quill presents Enthusiasm. Hello, friends and fans, and welcome to Enthusiasm. I am your host, Helen Gould, one of the best Rusty Quillers. And today we are talking about pirates. Don't don't laugh. I I will defend my title of best Rusty Quiller against any and all comers. Um Anyway, time for pirates, and I am extremely. I don't. I, I. I keep trying to think of like different words that mean happy, and for some reason my my brain went blitzed just then. But I think that means drunk. So um, instead, I will just. I will just go with happy. I'm very happy. 
to be joined by Faye, Jeremy and Nemo. And as always, we're going to introduce ourselves in alphabetical order. So, Faye, what are your pronouns and what do you do? Uh, my pronouns are... Uh, let's see. Uh, my pronouns are Zizia or they, them. I will answer to either of those. And I am a voice actor, a performance poet and a business change manager, but that's nothing to do with Rusty Quill. I had no idea you were a business change manager. Yeah, that's that's how I pay the rent for the most part. <laughs> it's telling, mostly telling people, are you sure? I've made a list. Are you sure you want to do that? That's a large part of my job. <laughs> That sounds about right. And Jeremy, can we have your pronouns? Can you tell us what you do? Yes, I am Jeremy. I use he, him pronouns. And I am the writer, creator, slash producer, slash director. I think I do everything uh, for the Storage Papers podcast. Pretty new to Rusty Quill. Well, welcome aboard. We're extremely happy to have you here. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yay. And last but absolutely not least, Nemo, can you give us your pronouns and tell us what you do? Hi, my name is Nemo Martin. I use they, them pronouns. And I am currently writing a new podcast for Rusty Quill called Trice Forgotten. And it's about pirates and it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! All right. Okay. So let's dive right in. Someone... A lucky volunteer, please, uh, explain to me what is so interesting about pirates. (laughs) For me, it is the fashion sense. I do not know if that is the same for all of you. (laughs) Can I jump on this one first? Is that okay? Absolutely. So I, I guess for me, what's interesting is how, like, modern society has warped the personification of pirates historically they were very bad people now they're common in entertainment right <laughs> i mean we never have bad people in entertainment That'd no be, never, never. Be terrible <laughs> and wrong but I, it's, it fascinates me how how that happens and i mean I, i'm a pirates of the caribbean movie fan so i, I you know Ooh. i can't i can't judge but at the same time when you look at the actual history of the stuff that, that's happened it's like woo. I can't think of many other groups we've done that for. Apart from, you know, con artists in the many, many films and TV programs we have about glorifying that kind of thing. What are con artists but land-loving pirates? Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Weaker. Bank robbers. Con artists. Pirates of the land. Lots of media about. Besides, if you start looking at what I don't know, the East India Company got up to mm-hmm. during their time. It's very similar kind of period. As we talk about the golden age of piracy, it's a very similar to, for probably no coincidence, the golden age of, of the East India Company and the they got up to. I wouldn't want to glorify them. If I had to glorify one of those two, I would glorify the pirates who at least were mm, democratic and weren't trying to run entire countries, you know, just to make a profit out of them. I get a bit passionate about this. Yeah, I, I was like, oh, uh, I, I, do I throw in my like uh, pirate facts so yes. soon? But yes. I was like thinking, uh, I would love to hear some pirate facts. <laughs> um, well, mostly I'm writing a musical currently called Asian Pirate Musical, which is about Asian pirates. Um, and it's a musical. So cool. And there is one pirate, we refer to her as Xu Yang, but she's yeah. uh, mostly called Cheng Yi Sao, but that means the wife of Cheng Yi. So we're like, no, we're going to call her yeah. Xu Yang, which is, was more of her name. So she was a Chinese 19th century pirate. And when I was doing research for the musical, which happens to be very helpful here, this writer called Yoriko Ishida, she was writing about how at the time in China that a lot of the piracy started because there was a population boom in China because of the opium war. Britain, again, doing another Mm -hmm. great thing. And there were like several population booms which just forced loads of people out into the sea. And so Xu Yang was able to like basically profit off of the amount of people going into the sea and basically becoming homeless because land became such a luxury and made a whole fleet out of people who suddenly found themselves without any land and stuff. And yeah, Ishida was writing about how what you what you were saying about like it's become so glorified specifically because 
of this race thing that was happening at the same time mm-hmm. like the the creation of ideas of like oh this powerful chinese fleet that are capturing loads of white british soldiers and naval officers who are fighting and so yeah like there's this yeah combination of like hollywood like ideas of like oh pirates and like the glorious kind of like you know golden age moving into mm-hmm. chengi sao in the 19th century and like oh like pirates have more villainous qualities now because they're like actually people of color dominating art of white people <laughs> um so yeah there's a really interesting transition there that was my pirate spew got it out early <laughs> yay info dump time we love a pirate spew i'm glad i didn't <laughs> save their boots <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I said that. I said that. (laughs) I do kind of get where you're coming from, Jeremy, though, in terms of pirates were typically like the bad guys in a big slew of fictional media. Mm. And then I guess you mean that like lately they've become underdog heroes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, for me, it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm all for, for entertainment and I can take it with a grain of salt, but it's interesting to see how people kind of twist it to, put the Hollywood spin on it and and also to make it more, I guess, just more entertaining. I, I personally, I, I love hearing about um, one of the other things is the like, like treasure, you know, at least off the coast uh, here in the US, <laughs> you know, the coast of Florida has treasure hunters all over the place because there's, there's shipwrecks out there. You have people spending their lives just going out there looking for that stuff. It's, it's amazing how people can get really wrapped up into this world, you know. Mm, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about there still being pirate ships and pirate wrecks out there. Oh, yeah. But, Faye, tell me what you're so interested in when it comes to pirates. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, a, a lot of that, I guess. Um, you know, not just the long curly hair and beard aesthetic, which I'm trying to rock <laughs> more, but... Oh, I guess I was introduced to pirates quite early. My my grandparents had one of these... This massive, like bigger than my torso even now kind of um, hardback books with uh, a skull and crossbones engraved on it if it had a soft cover it had long since lost it it was a lot of very densely written text and you know reproduced engravings about piracy and one of the things that you saw in there that you didn't see because this is the 70s when I was you know a little kid you didn't get to see women taking that same part Mm. in you know in swashbuckling and adventure and all the rest of it anything where people were waving swords around on on the tv no matter how old the films were they were generally male but in the pirate books you were seeing the likes of uh, bonnie and uh, grace o'malley and all the rest of it including some who mistook each other for male pirates and all that kind of interesting confusion and stuff and that along with the fact that more recently discovering that um, how much more democratic the privateers were, for example. You know, that has really made me go, we've been faced with a lot of mm, propaganda from, well, the East India uh, Company. (laughs) um, I don't know, the inheritors of that about what piracy means and maybe it's a more more complex layered thing. So that's something I, I guess I started reading about more about five, ten years ago. So, yeah, the aesthetic is is fabulous and, you know, swinging from the rigging and all the rest of it. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's something that I watched a lot as, as a kid, you know, read about when I was very small. And it's um, it's sort of been threaded through lots of lots of themes throughout. And it's still something we we have very mixed ideas about what it means, even in just in the first two minutes of this conversation, we've had several different versions of what <laughs> of what piracy means. So, yeah, all of that, really, I guess. Well, that's definitely part of the charm, the fact that there are, like, lots of different archetypes, I guess, of mm. what a pirate is. Mm. Nima, what do you reckon? What's interesting to you about pirates? I think very similar, like, the gender rebellion and mm. the... Well, the general theme of rebellion, I guess, and, mm, like... Yeah. Um, part of that like Hollywood but also like most media things like romanticization of piracy and like I guess sticking it to the man and um, (laughs) 
just being really like able to do what you want in a certain way like yeah like Faye was saying gender presentation but also like if something doesn't seem right like lawfully if if it's lawful but not right I feel Mm. like a lot of like fictional pirates have been very much like well I can fix that by being cool and badass and like (laughs) like killing a cop like that's very like um exciting (laughs) um yeah yeah, so I feel like, yeah, and I guess also silly, because I think a lot of, like, I guess, bandits and stuff, I guess the Red Rider, uh, not Red Rider, I the other one, <laughs> Robin Hood, um, <laughs> is very, yeah. like, heroic in a certain way that's very, um, like, goody two-shoes, whereas pirates Chivalrous. get to, like, have that silliness as well. They get to have, mm. like, the playfulness as well. I'm intrigued to know which Robin Hood you're you're reading about, but okay, yeah. <laughs> oh? Are we going to go on a Robin Hood tangent? We, we might do, I suppose, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, no, there's, well, there's as many different versions of Robin Hood as I guess there are of, I don't know, um, Blackbeard, but um, that's the thing. Figures like that can be whatever we need them to be, but generally, as you mm-hmm. say, they're about rebellion. They're about doing what's right, not necessarily what's lawful. But mm. um, again, it's about who got hold of the imagery and what they've what they've used it for, as to what is the prevalent notion you have of it. I was also thinking while you were talking to him about how we don't say music or TV or video theft; we say piracy. Mm. We don't call it larceny or theft or <laughs> whatever. People always call it piracy. It gives it that particular cachet, which, yeah, like you say, unlawful, but in this case seen as being rebellious and moral. I like that. When I was, um, oh gosh, I want to say in the in the 90s when I was in high school, they came out with these um, kind of previews to the movies where it was, you know, they had Be Kind, Rewind, and then they had this guy that was going around selling pirated dvds out of his trunk and it was this Mm -hmm. psa of like you know i forget the slogan don't be a pirate but it's basically it's the same as theft you know and it's got this was it you wouldn't download a car i wouldn't download a car that's what was going through my head (laughs) right 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 my head my head immediately was yeah 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 yeah. absolute banger but it sticks in your head because how many years it later does. yeah oh, yeah <laughs> in japan they have this one which is like these two sexy dudes in suits but instead of heads they've got like a police siren and a video camera and like the amount of fan fiction <laughs> that is written about these two is like wild <laughs> oh my gosh not that I've looked. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Poor Stott. That is beautifully specific. Oh, <laughs> love fun fiction for that. Well, that's... That, I mean, I uh, I consume and write a fair amount of historical fan fiction and the sheer quantity where people have gone, eh, this is great, but what about pirates? And just everything gets turned into pirates, if at all possible. And I love that. Yeah, <laughs> just we want to add extra swashbuckle and open frilly shirts. Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the the open shirts is definitely yeah. I forgot to mention that, but yeah, that is definitely the appeal, right? <laughs> yeah. I like. Um, and this was this was a, a black sales meme, but it, someone was saying how they love that one of the pirate aesthetics is like to have massive white shirts. It's like, you shall have no idea what my torso looks like, but look at my butt in these tight black trousers. Everyone shall know. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Anyway. So the next question I wanted to ask was whether we had any favourite pirates, either from fiction or from history. I would like to start with someone else because I forgot about Pirates of the Caribbean because I was so much thinking about Black Sail um, and I forgot that was a piece of media that is available. <laughs> Does anyone have one that like particularly captures the imagination? Yes, I do have a favourite pirate. Um, oh? I'm, I'm just... <laughs> um, 
Okay, I'm just going to jabber about this person and then you can, I don't know, fast forward me if it gets too much. Um, but I'll try not to info dump. So I kind of vaguely knew about her and then I was asked I was asked to write, of all things, a sonnet about Grace O'Malley. So, of oh. course, went deep into the research, and at which point I realised to put this woman's life into 14 lines of English poetry just seemed a bit rude. So I had to kind of lampshade that in the poem itself. But... I mean, Grace O'Malley was like definition of gender non-conforming badassery. Um, she 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 was part of a of a noble family in Ireland, and oh she'd, yeah, and she'd she'd grown up at the time when England mostly left Ireland to its own devices. Just kind of went, you know, just send us the tribute stuff, but we won't pay too much attention. But yeah, so she was part of this kind of seafaring family and just the sheer number of apocryphal stories that surround her including she wanted to go off on a ship that was raiding the coast of Spain as a kid and her dad said you can't go you have long hair which will get caught up in the ropes so that's why girls can't go to sea so she turns up the next morning with her hair cropped to practically nothing and ta-da and her dad went yeah okay touche fine and so (laughs) off she goes she apparently gave birth to, I think, her first child on board ship. Um, and we're, uh, less than an hour later, the ship was attacked by, I think, Turkish raiders off the Barbary coast, at which point she just gets up off the childbed <laughs> and sets to with the sword to fight off the uh, the, the rival pirates, I guess is the word oh putting it. Oh, my God. Wow. She just... And that's it. Every story you read, and there are a lot of them, and some of them are a little bit contradictory, but every single one basically says she led from the front, she fought with her men, she was a fantastic, I guess, general, admiral, however you're going to put it. Um, mm. So she was a good strategist, she she was just unstoppable as well. And when a rival Irish nobleman killed her second husband, she didn't just go and take her vengeance on his main castle, she went, that was good, but what about everything else he owns let's burn it to the ground but then by the 90s uh, 16 uh, sorry 1590s and she's in her 60s by this point hmm. i should point out england's starting to take uh, a much more <clears throat> hands-on approach to ruling ireland so more troops are being landed you can see i mean we could go off into a whole tangent about <laughs> how that's kicked off everything we're still seeing Mm. um but she um they're being basically harassed they're being chased from place to place she's not able to settle in in any castle for anyone or home for anyone at any length of time or whatever still in her 50s and 60s and then her sons are captured and taken to england she gets described in a letter to Queen Elizabeth by the guy doing most of this, Richard Bingham, as nurse to all rebellions in the province. And that also has a perfect iambic pentameter, so I was able to just have that as a line in, in, oh, in the poem, right? Oh, excellent, I'll have that. Join. <laughs> um, this is the great bit. She, she heads off to England because she's like, enough is enough. And manages to negotiate with Queen Elizabeth directly, both of them speaking in Latin because neither of them spoke each other's <laughs> native language. Oh. Right. Um, she manages to negotiate for not only the release of her sons, but uh, the release of her lands. So, so she's able to go back and be, you know, reunited with her, her clan and all the rest of it and take her place in her. For, of course, for not raiding any more English ships. No, 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 can't want to do that. But also to have an apology delivered to her. And she insisted, this is the bit I love, that the person who had to hand her castle back and give her an, an official apology was this Richard Bingham. <laughs> and she just, Queen Elizabeth tried to make her like, um, I can't remember, like a, a, a duchess or a countess or something like that. And she said, no. You and I are princes. I'm of equal rank to you. Mm. Uh, thanks, but no, I'm not going to take a step down for an English title. And just it, the, oh, just so much of that. She died at 73 and she was still heading out to sea with her men, as far as I can mm. tell, right right into like towards the right to the end of her life. And uh, she's just amazing. And I'm going to stop now because I could go on. <laughs> no, oh, that's really cool. 
I I really appreciate all that. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that a lot of her life like echoes Xu Yang's life as well. Yes. Like, very, very similarly. And like the the Xu Yang at the end, like the government was like, Hey, listen, like we are fighting the British and the Portuguese. We do not need to be fighting you two. Can you like come and destroy them for a bit? And she's like, Yeah, all right. And she like did that for a bit. And then they were like, All right, cool, you did a good job. And she's like, Cool, I'm gonna um be a salt trader in uh Scarecrow. Did that for a bit and then was like, Actually, you know what? I think I'm gonna be a pirate again. <laughs> like, <laughs> awesome. um, so kind of sold out, but then what is selling out? you know um yeah interesting it, it yeah it's just very interesting to see the that like multiple women i think there was another woman as well um her name was saida alhura i don't know if i'm uh-huh. pronouncing that properly but 15th century woman who had a very similar life as well so yeah mm-hmm. it's it's very cool to see like well you know people that don't get talked about very often but they often have very very uh cool lives so is one of those your favorite <laughs> even after mention a very cool female muslim pirate from the 15th century i was like well no it's the the, the king captain from the pirates of penzance obviously yes <laughs> like, <laughs> i've never i don't know the pirates of penzance tell me more about this king captain it's a comedy opera by this people called gilbert and sullivan and oh yes 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 yeah and uh it's the origins of the oh my god what's the guy's name the i am the model of a the modern, modern major, major general, general. general. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's, it's that one which then got um pirated well not pirated put into hamilton um oh yes uh, lovingly pirated borrowed <laughs> yeah yeah um <laughs> And he's just the 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 pirate captain, pirate king in uh, in Pirates of Venzance is just so like he's a dweeb. <laughs> he's just a huge nerd. Like he's such a failure of a pirate captain, and I love him so much because yeah, I think he t- he does take all of the like like tropes of being a pirate, and it's just like you know the lovingly like he's an orphan and he's so sad and that's the only reason that he's going into piracy and he's got this band of like lonely boys who are all orphans and we're we're gonna like steal all of your women because that's what pirates do and they're all like okay (laughs) but they just go and (laughs) gone a jolly a bit and just get drunk and like sing some songs (laughs) and at the end they're like oh cool yeah like we didn't have to like be pirates i guess like um (laughs) um jeremy who's your favorite Mine has always been Blackbeard and, and you know, I, I think just historically his his life was kind of like a roller coaster. Um mm-hmm. you know, he he's he was one of the most successful pirates, um, you know, at least that I've read about. But the fact that he did all of that stuff, he got pardoned and he sort mm-hmm. of like retired. Um Mm-hmm. on the east coast in, in the united states i think it was a, a town called bath which i believe is in north carolina but then there's so much mystery about how how he kind of got into his last battle his last engagement where he ended up losing his life uh he was a hated man um mm. you know they i guess they shot him five times they they uh he was stabbed a bunch in a sword fight and they beheaded him and hung his head on on the uh, the bow of of a ship, um, <laughs> so it was very brutal. But at the same time, there's there's so much um, you know rumor, and uh, I feel like it's almost like a lot of falsifications of history. You don't quite know where the the fictional tales mm. lie mm. and where the the facts really are. And there, there's, and because I'm a big paranormal buff, there's tons of rumors about his ghost around the area, yeah. anywhere from there to Charleston. So, I don't know. To me, that's just interesting. I like, I like the the fact that there's no hard known facts, and people are still researching and finding new information to this date. That is cool. That but is yeah. nasty huh. guy. Nasty guy. I don't condone oh, yeah. his activities. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's also part of the what you said about the like um, because you don't know where the like truth ends and the fiction begins. I think that's also part of the like why it's so easy to make them such a romantic figure mm-hmm. as well because it comes with that inherent like ooh like 
how much of it was true like how much do you think was true and like you can like really yeah foster so much and the kind of bloodiness of it as well makes it feel Mm. like taboo to like uh revel in it i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) um Mm. i say as somebody who likes the kind of like uh, i guess not gore but like the 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 idea of like creative ways of killing someone that sounds really wrong but like no i know i know what you mean i know Mm. what you mean um there is a morbid curiosity yeah in yeah it's it's why people watch the saw movies isn't it for sure because you're like how many ways can a person die many very many ways (laughs) yeah yeah Um, i think that's a very human impulse i think we've been doing Mm. i think that there's like been an interest in the morbid and the sort of gross and disgusting and the painful for a really long time Mm, mm. i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing at all i mean (laughs) you know that's why they're called operating theaters right yeah 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 people used to watch yeah Yeah. that's why they're built in that amphitheater kind of way the old ones yeah (laughs) well plus i I write horror so it's kind of my wheelhouse (laughs) (laughs) i like to mix reality with fiction and uh, mm. yeah, I, that's where my head's at all the time. I, I promise I'm a decent person outside of my fiction writing. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. As long as it's fiction, it's fine. The problem is if you try and do it to someone else in real life. But we are, there are no serial killers in this podcast, as well as no facts. Um, <laughs> oh, that means, that means that that's not a fact either. Whoops. Um, <laughs> we'll be back after this break. <laughs> 
fits out another ship to try and get it back. And then there's also a load of stuff going on with like civil war and um, slavery and and family ties and dragons um (laughs) of course of course the standard thing it's your show if you want to let that count you let it count yeah man yeah that's (laughs) well the thing is the thing is one of the pov characters captain kennett so he's a pirate and he is the most monstrous person in fiction i think i've ever come across Mm. just horrible horrible does not care at all about anyone's feelings but he does a really, really good job of making it seem like he does, Ooh. including accidentally. <laughs> like he will he will say something that he means dismissively, but someone will take it in completely the opposite way that he meant it. Ooh. And like he does horrible, absolutely irredeemable stuff in this book. But he's a really, really interesting character. Mm. And um Spoilers for anyone who is reading this series of books. But part of the reason for why he's why he can't connect with people in the same way turns out to be because he Oh god, how am I gonna put this? Because now I have to explain the previous trilogy. Um <laughs> basically what happened is he sort of got his empathy sucked out. Mm. Okay. Um and has never figured out how to relate to people without it. Mm. And it's actually a very, very sad story because he's a heavily, heavily traumatized person. Do you find it's easier to, you know, kind of feel remorse for people that are just horrible? They do horrible things when you find out where they're, you know, maybe they didn't start out that way, but something caused them to be that way. I don't feel remorse or anything. I feel I feel bad for the younger him mm. that didn't deserve all these horrible things that happened to him. Mm. Right. But he still made a series of increasingly terrible choices. Like That's the thing, isn't it? He chose to do that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Look charge, at all the other yeah. people who've had terrible people. Yeah. Terrible things happen. No, to them plenty of traumatized people so. who are still wonderful people. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. But I think he just because he's. I think he's one of. Sort of, it, it, there's. It's very rare that you get a kind of villainous character like that, and you see so deeply into their psyche. Mm. I guess, and so for me, he's one of my favorite pirate characters. Yeah, and I think you can revel a bit in it as well. When, like, even like not in a like redeeming way, but in a like, it's interesting. It's fascinating to see his, to see an ir character's psyche because mm. I think that writers don't go into that because they feel like they have to redeem someone if they're going to like go that deep into someone and if they're like you know thinking about a villain either you make them like ha 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 I'm evil evil mm. or like ha 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 I'm evil but actually I'm going to become good at the end you don't get to see so much of the like yeah really fascinating like I'm evil of my own volition mm. even despite my past and I I think that's a good pirate thing as well. Where like they know that they're not doing good things, um, but mm. they're still really good characters. Well, this is something I love about fanfic: is that you know, fan fiction writers will take a villain and go, right, let's really step into how many choices they made and kept doing that and and, mm. and kept on that path, even though they could see what it was, mm. how they got there and stayed there. Mm. That I love that. I love that kind of deconstruction stuff, but then I could probably do a whole what are these about fan fiction anyway. So. <laughs> We're probably not gonna do a fan fiction one, I'm afraid. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I know, I would love to. Maybe we can just have a conversation that, that isn't recorded for, for hashtag content what? about fan fiction. Yeah, is that could, <laughs> yeah. I, I hear people do that? Yeah. None of that. Faye, you and I can make a, an enthusiasm pirated version yes. where we talk about fan fiction. <laughs> We're going to call it enthusi. Oh, I can't make puns on the fly. Uh, ha- happy gas. Oh, no. <laughs> Infogasm? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, yes. Hi. The other interesting thing also about Captain Kennet as a character is um, you also see him through other people's eyes, the people who hate him and also the mm. people who love him. Mm. Like his crew and his 
girlfriend and this young boy that he sort of takes under his wing and starts to see him as a father figure mm-hmm. and his his ship which uh happens to be alive that didn't Actually. didn't mention the ships were alive <laughs> oh yeah um, the dragons the anthropomorphic <laughs> ship yay <laughs> so it's interesting seeing also people's views of him who like the disconnect between who they think he is and who he is internally mm. is also anyway yeah that's that's my favorite favorite pirate character i was also debating captain hook but (laughs) that would just be purely based on the gifts i've seen of jason isaacs playing captain (laughs) (laughs) um with that in mind i did have another question that sort of i hope is segueing nicely along which is um Mm. do we have like a favorite pirate media i mean we've got peter pan we've got pirates of the caribbean we've got black sails we've got um Treasure Island. Mm. I can't think of any other pirate media. <laughs> Sinbad. Oh, <laughs> Sinbad. <laughs> I forgot, like, I, I, I was in the break remembering. I was trying to think, like, what was the first pirate that I ever loved? And I was like, oh, it was Sinbad. <laughs> like, absolutely, <laughs> it was Sinbad. <laughs> I think I'm probably the same. Yeah. I actually, I never saw Sinbad, but I always <gasps> wanted it. There was, I, I had... A VHS of Aladdin, I think. Mm. And there's an advert for Sinbad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should watch that. And I never got round to it. I think you should. I watched it recently. It holds up fairly well. Mm. We're talking the recent one rather than the Harryhausen one, right? I don't know. It was on a Disney VHS. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah. Because the mouse owns a lot. Let's face it. (laughs) What do you think, Jeremy? Well, I've got to echo your your, uh, Captain Hook uh, interest there Ooh. because I mean it, well first of all there's there's so many different ways that Captain Hook is portrayed mm-hmm. in the book Peter Pan have you read the book no yes that's the first version I read actually yeah yeah really much different than I I read it as an adult um, I'd like to read it again mm-hmm. actually because it's been you mm-hmm. know several years mm-hmm. but it was so different. And then you look at like the, the, the cartoon version that I remember from childhood. And then you look at the <laughs> Dustin Hoffman version and, you know, there's so many iterations of it. I think growing up, I thought, you know, this guy's just like upset because he lost his hand, you know, <laughs> there's way more to it than that. I'm not trying to oh, oversimplify, so but, but yeah, Captain Hook, I, I, I dig what you're saying there. I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Can you tell me about, about how the book is different to the films? Because I've never read the book. Oh, is God. It... Darker for a start. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, oh, God. Any version you've seen of it, the book is darker and more complex. Definitely. I think I read it when I was maybe 20, 21. So a long mm-hmm. time ago. I just remember these like these like shadow beings that were going around chasing Peter Pan and like Peter Pan was kind of creepy. His character alone hmm. was really creepy. It, it was very, very much like something that I, you know, back then I wasn't as as into the horror stuff, but I wouldn't read it before bed. You know, it's it's a it's just creepy. Oh. I don't know, it creep me out. It gives me the willies. Very few things do mm. that. You know, I can go ghost hunting and I can go watch <laughs> most horror movies. There's a very few things that gives me give me the creeps, and that was that was just a book that was just it, it unsettled me. You know, mm. maybe not so much the the Captain Hook character himself, but P- Peter Pan's character for sure. Yeah, it was, it's very different. It's like if you read Alice in Wonderland and compare it to the oh. Disney cartoon. Very, very different. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Alice in Wonderland is really bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> but for each of the characters, it goes into way more of the of the origin story. So you learn a bit more about James Hook's childhood and him growing up and. Oh, all the rest of that kind of stuff and I was it was a wee bit longer ago again that I read it I was probably about eight or nine arguably a little too young to be reading that but um yeah yeah I remember it, it did unsettle me and the, and the mm. character of Hook was yeah way way more than he's he's always portrayed I, I often feel it's like a weird indignation whenever I see him <sighs> pantomimed you know mm. I just think no, there's 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 a lot more to him than that. Even though I still don't like him, I, you know, it's, there's a lot more to him than that, and a lot more mm. to to Peter Pan. But yeah, 
I'd love to see a good realistic version of that book made, mm. you know, instead mm. of like the, oh, the yeah. buffoon, you know, he, he always plays the buffoon with his sidekick, mm. really get into the characters and, and uh, I don't know, that'd be interesting. Hoffman added an interesting bit of darkness to it. He wasn't full buffoon. Right. They left mm. that to Smee, but um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hoffman added just like, oh, he's suicidal to it. Oh, yeah, that was, what the f***? Remember was, that? That was, that was dark, yeah, definitely. But it was played for comedy somehow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but I will say, yeah. Hook is one of my favourite like childhood films. <laughs> Loved yeah. that film so much. That was much. good. That was a good film. <laughs> but it's so bizarre when you watch it as an adult. You're like... What? How, how did these decisions get made? <laughs> hmm. Oh, there's there's a weird a little, little factoid if you're in for those. When they used to do the original stage play of um, mm. Peter Pan, they would always have the man who played Mr. Darling, like the father figure, would yeah. always play Hook. Yeah. Yes, they did that in the Jason Isaacs Peter Pan too. There you go. So they that was that's a tradition. So they always doubled that up, and that so there's all sorts of stuff there about. You know, the darkness and sinisterness of, of, of angry father figures and say, oh, yeah, you could mm. really get into all that if you wanted to. I think I should read the original Peter Pan because I, yeah, I recommend it. I love stuff like that. OK, I, I want to reread it. It's it's definitely Same. worth it. <laughs> it's a good read. One of the things that um, I quite liked wondering about just because I haven't read the book is like I was like, what if Hook was a lost boy and he just like grew up mm. and that's why Peter Pan hates him? Yeah. What if they were friends, but now Peter Pan doesn't remember? He just hates him because. Would it? I mean, the pirates are lost, aren't they? They're they're all trapped in this this same ever living, not growing up thing themselves. The pirates mm. don't get older. Mm. So oh, do they not? No, they're they're as eternal as the as the as the boys. Oh, the Never Neverland is. Are they all dead? Never Neverland is a weird place, mm. you know. Are they dead? Are they dead, Faye? I don't know. It kind of sounds like the shadow, what they did with the shadow realm in Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> Sorry to make this about <laughs> no, please. anime. Let's go like, sideways. That it was originally in, in the Japanese anime, it was they died once they lost <gasps> the card game. But when what? they like Americanized it, they couldn't, they were like, you can't kill them it's a children's card game so they were like yeah they've gone to the shadow realm wow <laughs> oh my god i had no idea <laughs> yeah terrifying <laughs> i would like to end the show with a quick fun question which is if you were a pirate what would your pirate name be <laughs> i really want mine to have been like alliterative mm. i want to be something like I don't know. What begins with G and is piratey? Gar. Gar. <laughs> no, you talk about um, gunnels or guns or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, something like gun grabbing ghoul or something like that. Mm. <laughs> but the fact that your name has hell in it, surely, you know, you could be Ooh. like the hellbound ghoul or I don't know, something like that. Mm. <laughs> That's true. Hell's Hell. Bells. There we go. Hell's Bells. <laughs> That's a tough one. Helen Hell's Bells Gould, the pirate. <laughs> I like it. Any other takers? I'd have to go something simple like Shortbeard or... <laughs> I don't know. I'm horrible at coming up with things like that on the spot. <laughs> I love that. Shortbeard. Shortbeard is here. Which implies Arr. big beard. <laughs> um, I've actually... Someone called me this uh, as a poet and someone used to host me on various stages. So I'll probably just stick with this because in different contexts, it sounds far more sinister. Um, but they used to bill me as the Welsh Whisperer. And wow. I'm like, yeah, that could sound super sinister. If, you know, whispered in a, in a dark tavern corner, you don't want to cross the Welsh Whisperer. Okay. Mm. So, you know, I'm going to stick with that one, I guess. Oh, I love that. It's mysterious <laughs> for sure. Uh-huh. It's mostly because sound engineers really, really hate dealing with my voice. <laughs> They'll have had like some punk act on before me and they're like frantically turning the sound up. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> and Nima, what about you? I've been trying to think of a pun 
<laughs> so Nemo means nobody in Latin. So I've been trying mm. to think of something to do with that. And I'm just so bad with naming things. I mean, Aww. you could just be Captain Nemo. and I could a... just be Captain Nemo was the, the thing. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> and no one knows what you look like. Exactly. Yeah. And always got like a big mysterious under the sea and um, very beautiful. And he also hates mankind and collects um, Victor Hugo novels. So that's basically (laughs) me. (laughs) Wonderful. All right. That's definitely all that we've got time for. (laughs) This has been so much fun. I have laughed so much. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show, everyone. Thank Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, listener, for coming along with us. I hope that you have learned about pirates like I have <laughs> and enjoyed our our chatter. And we'll see you on the next episode. But for now, it's goodbye from me. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about... The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The Program is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the program at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for the Program Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from all of them. Do you want to say goodbye, everyone? Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Watch Black Sails. (laughs) Watch Black Sails. Yar. Yar. (laughs) Enthusiasm is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike 4.0 International License. It is directed by Helen Gould, produced by Lori Ann Davis, with executive producers Alexander J. Newell and April Sumner, and edited by Marissa Ewing, Tessa Vroom, Jeffrey Nils-Gardner and Catherine Ranella. Thanks for listening.